How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And good Saturday morning. Welcome aboard for our two-hour journey into the great outdoors as you make your way into the great outdoors. Some of the things we'll be chatting about this morning, if you're an Alabama coyote or feral hog hunter, things are going to get better for you. Got some details on a license and permit change for you. I'm sure you'll be interested in hearing that. Open season on AJ's recreational season in the Gulf of Mexico for Greater Amberjack opened at 12.01 a.m. this morning and will remain open till June 1st. Then it'll reopen on August 1st. Minimum size is 34 inches fork length and limit is one Amberjack per person. Go get them. And we'll continue our coverage of bills in the Louisiana legislature that affects sportsmen uh, for the latest update on what's called the Pogi Bill, House Bill 535, which is to limit how close to Louisiana's shoreline Menhaden boats can fish. We're going to get an update from Coastal Conservation Association's Director David Cresson. And we'll have those live fishing reports from guys named Campo, Brule, Carpenter, Mohabarak, Gallo, and Lambert. They'll be giving you the very latest information on where and how to find some fish this weekend. Today's bad couple of the outdoors features a Lafayette pair who got busted when they took their gray wolf for a walk. And we'll close out with professional waterfowl guide Roland Cortez. He's got some details about how you can be part of our Bayou Wild TV Cajun invasion to hunt speckle-bellied geese during Arkansas's special early season. You can preview some of that action on this week's episode. To find a station uh, near you or how to watch it, it's BayouWildTV.com. We also welcome in your text messages, 504-260-1870. Tell us who you are, where you are, what you got going on. Share your own fishing reports, questions, comments. We love to hear from our listeners. Again, that number is 504-260-1870. And if you are headed out today, here's your coastal marine forecast from the National Weather Service. Offshore, going to be a little bumpy out there. Three to five foot seas, east winds 15 to 20. Uh, inshore waters, those east to 10 to 15 will make it kind of choppy conditions. Uh, light rain chance, only 10% of rain. I did see a few showers. 
down along the lower coast in the Gulf, off the mouth of the river, but very small, confined. But tomorrow, big change, 70% chance of rain. Today's definitely your better day to get out. Winds will switch around to the south tomorrow, 15 to 20 offshore. 10 to 15 on the inside interior lakes and bays, making for some choppy conditions. A lot of water going to be moving this weekend. Average tide range is a full 2.0. Couple that with those winds. There's going to be a lot of water moving in and out around the coast. Mississippi River is dropping fast, 11.6 and continuing the fall. Pearl River gauge at 15.4. So I got to notice that the Pearl River management area was closed due to the gauge at 16. When it drops below that, it should be reopened. Not sure whether the gate will be open that fast or not. But the Pearl River and other North Shore rivers uh, continue to drop, but still high and muddy. We'll talk more about that with Jeff Brule. He's our freshwater fishing reporter. But when we come back from this break, Robbie Campos up first. We take you to Shell Beach, Louisiana. For an update right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And let's take it on down to St. Bernard Parish, Shell Beach, and uh, talk to Robbie Campo at the marina. Robbie, how's things going in Shell Beach? Well, Don, you know, this past week was pretty good with the fishing. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, this morning here, I pull up, we got a, uh, we got a, you know, uh, it feels like about a 10 to 15 mile an hour wind out there. I would say it feels like it's east-northeast to me, but I know it's got a lot of east in it. <clears throat> I know we're going to have a lot of water moving today. I don't believe the, the uh, you know, Long Rocks has been just a, been a dynamite spot this whole past week. Uh, um, I believe it's going to be a little bit bouncy out there this morning. Um, but if you're all coming down this way and you're looking for live bait, um, I think you uh, SOL because I don't believe we're going to get any. You know, I don't have any. <clears throat> Hope Dale doesn't have any. Bait Incorporated is out. Um, the only place that had any was Tony Cucci by the Gulf Island Marina back there, uh, Fisherman's Friend. Um, um, and uh, um, I think my cousin John and them, uh, Willie and them, got some down at Serenades, just a few. But I tell you, live bait has really been hard to get. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, shrimp. I see a bunch of little brownies, but they're just too small to put on a hook, Don. You know, because I've been on a boat trawling, so, uh, you know, and, and, and a few, big, you know, the nice ones that they have are just few and far in between. So, with that said, it's going to be tough to get some live bait, but uh, I'll tell you what did work with this past week was the uh, Pink Champagne Matrix Shad. was an awesome bait this week. Everybody that used it has another one that's pink with a sharp tooth tail. I don't know exactly what it's called, but uh, I tell you, th- those two baits were just you know, underneath a cork over by the Long Rocks, the, the, these trout were eating up all weekend. I mean, all week, the past week. And, I, and you know, if, if it wasn't blowing as hard as it is this morning, I think I think this morning would be, you know, another dynamite day there. But, you know, Don, just not only that, Lake Anastasio was good. Coming up towards the dam was good. Uh, on this side of the dam, a lot of white trout. Um, uh, the eastern shoreline of Lake Bourne was, was starting to turn on. So, trout and red, so... Uh, you know, the Hopedale side has been good with redfish and trout over that Lake Robin area or to Lake Machias and, you know, uh, those areas that everybody likes to fish in the spring. So um, if you come and fish in this morning, um, make sure you got some plastics with you. Uh, we do have dead bait. You know, we do have dead bait here, uh, plenty of that uh, at Campo. So uh, hook the left and come on down and see us. 
Robbie, mm-hmm. I had someone ask about uh, bridge closing. You know, that bridge you talk about crossing over and hang oh, the yeah. left in Wyklosky. Is that all cleared up, whatever was going on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to take one of the gearboxes off of that, Don. Um, uh, you know, so, um, yeah, but they got that straight. You know, uh, it's not it's not working uh, for boat traffic, but it's open for car traffic. So you're good with that. So yesterday they were supposed to have it closed from, uh, they had to schedule the close from 8 to 3, but they got the job done a little bit quicker than they thought. So they opened it back up a little bit earlier, which was good because uh, nobody wants to sit there at 3 o'clock when you've never been down here all day. So, um <clears throat> With that said, the car traffic is it, it is open for car traffic, but not boat traffic. So if you got to go underneath that bridge, you're going to have to go around. So that that's going to be for quite a while. That's not going to you know that thing's not going to be working. I don't know. I tell you the truth, Don. I don't know when they're going to get that thing working. If they get it working, that thing's been a that thing's been a multi-million dollar mess since since it's been restored. <laughs> It's a great job creator, but you know when are they going to build a high rise there? You know, just just get it done. Uh, Put a high rise there. You know, uh, the, the money the money that they spent on on this bridge, uh, I think they could have already done something like that. You know, uh, it, it's been you know that thing is uh, constant. It's constantly broke down, but um, you know, look, it, 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 I guess it's job security for somebody. <laughs> Definitely, because if you work on bridges, you're working on that one. I promise you. Um, if you yep, work for the yep. state of Louisiana, that's for sure. But anyway, uh, you know, like I said, I think we, uh, you know, I still think you could put some fish in a boat today. So, look, don't let the lot, no lot, not having no lot of bait scare you. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm getting ready to step on the boat and take off and go behind the dam. So if you if you want some live bait and I got some on the boat, come on, stop by me and get them. So uh, you know, it, like I said, it's gonna. I know I'm gonna have a long line, but. Hey, you know, uh, if you want some, I, 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 I'm going to try to catch some today. My, you know, myself and my brother, we'll, we'll just get them to you right off the boat. So uh, hook the left and come and see us. Robbie, what about gnats? They giving us a break yet? Uh, you know, Don, they, they been, we, got, we had a little bit of reprieve from those things. I think, you know, with these warmer days that we're getting now, you know, being in the 80s, uh, you know, usually, usually the gnats start to slack off. Um, you know, you know, I, I, we haven't had any problems with that in the last couple of weeks. So, um, uh, last week, I should say anyway, uh, you know, maybe one or two, but nothing like they were. That's always good news. Robbie, thanks for the report, my friend. Hey, good luck fishing today. Hope, hope uh, you can give us a firsthand report next week. All right, Don. Talk to you later, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. Yes, sir. See you then. Uh, that's Robbie Campo, Campos Marina in Shell Beach. All right, I wanted to talk to you in just a minute, those of you who like to fish amberjack. uh, The season is now open in the Gulf of Mexico. It's a short season. It's going to shut down June 1st, so if you like to get AJs, include that on your list. If you're going to be out there in the Gulf uh, fishing something else, you might want to make a stop at some of those popular rigs and catch those uh, amberjack, a.k.a. Reef donkeys is another name for them. I'll tell you what, pound for pound, that amberjack is a real fighting fish. All right, when we come back, we're going to have Jeff Rule join us, get a freshwater fishing report for you. Also going to tell you, Alabama listeners, I got a whole new world opening up for you if you like to hunt those wild hogs and coyotes. Back with all the information you need on a Saturday morning on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And Jeff Rule's Fishing Report is a service of Berkeley. 
Division of Pure Fishing, you know them for the Berkeley line of gulp baits for crappie, bass, inshore and offshore saltwater. Got lines for all fishing, whether you use braid, mono, or fluorocarbon, plus thousands of fishing accessories from catfish flippers to hand weigh scales to fillet knives. If it deals with fishing, Berkeley has it, a division of Pure Fishing. Good morning, Jeff. What can you tell us about the freshwater fishing? How's those swollen rivers and how these warmer temperatures going to affect the fishing? Uh, the warmer temperature is going to help, but uh, most of the guys I've been talking to this last week, uh, they kind of struggle. This fish has been really tough on the North Shore. You're facing muddy, high rivers. Um, part of that's due to the winds. We're getting east-south and east winds pushing strong winds, and they push the water in up high and push the waters into the woods. And then next week, we're supposed to get another round of rain. So it's just tough. Uh, but if you if you got to go, uh, try something like a frog real tight to the bank or cover, uh, spinner baits, and if you can find some matted vegetation, you can flip that. Sometimes that'll hold a few fish. But overall, the reports on the North Shore, with the pearl being that 16-foot on the Pearl River gauge, everything's just pretty much washed out. Jeff, uh, what about that Chef Pass area? I know the saltwater fishing in that area is picking up, getting some pretty good reports on specks and white trout. How about the bass fishing? Uh, it's the uh, same thing. Uh, it's tough. I, I went about a week ago, and <clears throat> it's mainly due to the 25-mile-an-hour winds we fought all day. Some of the areas down around the wall, the water was really stained and muddy, where normally it's pretty clear with all the grass. We did catch some bass. Uh, good news, we caught a few reds, which I hadn't done in the last few trips. They're starting to show up. Uh, but the water temperature was surprisingly around in the low 60s, around 65 this time of year, it probably should be in the mid-70s. Uh, but it warms up pretty quick, but that was after all the rain and some of the cold wet nights we'd had. But you just have to wait for the weather to turn. If you're down there, just look for clear water, spinnerbaits, uh, some Texas rig worms, and things like that. And um, if you get down there and you get the weather right, you can catch a bunch of fish. But with the winds and some of the other stuff occurring, it just makes it tough, too. Jeff, we, we finally made it to May. And this is a big month for what I consider the most underfished species in Louisiana, those freshwater catfish. I mean, they're found in basically every pond, every lake, every river, and people just overlook them sometimes. Not a glamorous fish, but, boy, there's some great eating, good fish for kids. Give us some tips and some spots where you like to fish for catfish. Well, the local rivers to any kind of deep hole around like places like Venice, even even down around Delacroix and the Chef, you know, they have catfish. They, these fish migrate through the lakes and stuff to come up to the rivers to spawn. And if you're in like a reservoir like Toledo Bend or something, they they do the same thing. They'll just spawn, go up the creek channel. And, and so you can find them in places like that. But their bottom feeders is like a Berkeley catfish power bait or a gulp chunk on use a Carolina rig and, Basically, you sitting still, just kind of casting out and let your bait sit on the bottom. But if you can find an area that's got a good many of them, you can catch some nice fish pretty quick. Another thing you need to do is places like Oxbow's, like Pulse River, you go up there under a cart with some night crawlers or some uh, what I call stink bait, shrimp, anything like that, and just suspend it around the docks and banks. And when they come in to spawn against the banks, a lot of times you're up there and load the boat with catfish. Uh, sometimes they're not big. You know, they're, they're one to two pounders, and in some areas you go, you might catch something 20 pounds. So even those are good to eat. The bigger bigger fish, you know how to clean them and get the the oil pockets off of them and the bloodline out and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a really great eating fish. You can cook it just about any way you want, bake it or 
etouffee it or fry it. it it's great eating. Yes, it is. Jeff, uh, the, the red shad worm has been a perennial go-to bass bait in Louisiana for a long time. Uh, tell us about the Berkeley red shad power bait. Oh, yeah, it's got a little smell to it, uh, and it seems like the more fish you catch on that one bait, uh, as they get tore up, the better they produce. I guess they get off, give off more scent. But it's just a basic Texas rig presentation, and, and it's one of those baits you can fish year-round, any part of the country it works. Um, Venice in the fall, to, in the spring it catches fish around here. Uh, I guess this time of year is probably the peak, or the peak time to use it. Because you start getting a lot of snakes and worms and eels and other things like that coming out on the bottom of the rivers and stuff, and it's, that's part of the bass's diet. So they, they'll they'll readily take something like that that looks like an eel or a snake, and um, it's a good time to fish up just a red shad worm. I mean, weedless will go through about any grass; it doesn't hang up a lot. For a young angler, that's just something good to start them out on. And you know, I remember growing up, we fished them religiously, and. It's, it's hard to beat that, or even Tequila Sunrise, another color that's a good basic color like that. But uh, Red Shad Worm, Power Bait, is probably one of the best baits to use in our area this time of year. I agree. Jeff, it looks like uh, the restrictions with masks and social distancing is starting to loosen up a little bit. I guess that's going to mean more live weigh-in tournaments. So if someone's got a, a tournament or an upcoming uh, freshwater fishing event, how can they get you the information so we can pass it along to our listeners? And just go to your website, Don the Outdoors Guy. There's a field reporter page, and I have an email link there. You just drop me the details, and I'll be more than happy to put it up on the radio. A lot of these guys... I haven't got much info on tournaments. Uh, I know there's some still going on, but if you want to get the word out, just let us know, and we'll be more than happy to get it on the radio for you. Sounds good, Jeff. Catch up with you next time, my friend. All right. Thanks, Don. All right, Jeff Brule, our freshwater fishing reporter. All right, we come back and get to some of your text messages. If you'd like to shoot us one, it's 504-260-1870. Got some fishing reports, got some questions, got some comments. It's what we love to hear on a Saturday morning, 504-260-1870. We're back right after this. All right, taking a look at our text board. I uh, got a text in from one of our Mississippi listeners. It says, Chinkapin on the bed in the pine belt. That's from Frank. Thank you for that info, Frank. Uh, Chinkapin, some of you won't recognize that name. The, the, I guess the official recognized name is the red ear sunfish. Uh, some people call it a long ear sunfish. It's actually uh, what was called in Louisiana lake runners. Uh, there's a bunch of names for them, but they are a member of the Brim family, and they're probably one of the earliest uh, nesters uh, before the bluegill and uh, some of the other ones start getting on the beds. But when they get on the beds, what he's talking about is that's when they, they, they make their nest, lay their eggs, and guard it. And when they're on those beds, they gang up in there. And sometimes you can work one bed and catch a whole mess of those guys using little torpedo corks and crickets or maybe some popping bugs and things like that. It's great fish, uh, nice fighting fish, and they get pretty good size in some areas, too. Tlafalaya Basin, another great spot for chinkapins. All right, right after we pause these 10 seconds, I'm going to come back and you Alabama hunters who like to hunt the wild hogs and the coyotes, got some good news for you. New permit's going to be issued. We'll tell you all about that right after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. It's no secret that uh, invasives and coyotes in 
actually the southeastern states, I guess you could consider them invasive, although they, they were have been in the, in the west and the southwest United States for a long, long time. But it hasn't been uh, several decades ago when coyotes started really making the push to the east. They have become very problematic, as have feral wild hogs. Uh, they do a lot of destruction to habitat, also compete with some of the native game animals. Well, Alabama residents and non-residents soon will be able to purchase a, a new license. It's $15 for the residents, $51 if you're a non-resident, to hunt hogs and coyotes at night, which is a very effective way to do it. This new law is going to make a license available for anyone that hunts in the state uh, to do it at night by buying a license to hunt on private or leased property where you have permission to hunt. So if you're in a hunting club, if the person or the company you lease the property from allows you to hunt at night, you can buy the license to hunt hogs and coyotes with your hunting club. And you can do it without the landowner coming to get their own permit. Your permit will suffice. Uh, you'll also be able to use night vision and thermal optics, which the technology lately is really great for this. And you can also have lights attached to your firearms. So this is a, a new law in Alabama and it's going to make a new activity for the state. They're expecting as many as 200,000 hunters to join in the fight against these predators. Uh, and they realize this is not the end all. This is not going to solve the entire problem. But more hunting opportunities uh, will contribute to better predator control and will benefit other wildlife. This is a good move, I think, by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Resources. And maybe some other states should take notice and get in on that, too. All right, I'm checking the text board. Uh, I got this one in. It says, I bought the book you recommended, The Most Important Fish in the Sea, and think you should bring it up on a regular basis to listeners that may not have heard it before. It helped me understand the danger the Menhaden boats will cause if not regulated. This is right on time because uh, Dave Cresson is going to join us uh, after the top of the hour. He was with us last week if you were tuned in. And there's a bill in the Louisiana legislature, actually two bills, which would regulate the distance from the shoreline that the Menhaden or pogie boats would be allowed to fish. Uh, it's a very valuable industry, and, and that book really brings that out. Uh, but at the same time, it can cause a lot of damage to the coastline. Uh, it, it can work. Uh, it can contradict what's being done to restore the coast with a lot of projects uh, through the churning up and the, of, the, of the mud and the silt. But even more so than that, uh, the bycatch is huge, and there hasn't been a good bycatch study done for a long, long time. And uh, fishermen are always contacting me and sending me pictures and complaining of dead redfish and many other species that come as bycatch in this operation. And by moving them out, it's hoped that it can be a middle ground where the industry can still continue to thrive, but at the same time, you won't have the... Uh, the conflict with the recreational fishermen and also the damage that it can do to the coastline. So anyway, it's a book is called The Most Important Fish in the Sea. Uh, check it out. You can find it online. You can buy it on Amazon. And it's got a lot of good information that explains the whole situation. All right, also got a report saying, let's see, I fished a train trestle in Lake Pontchartrain on Thursday. Caught some really nice size specks, only three throwbacks, all on plastic. 
No live bait available. A lot of boats out there, though. That's from Sherman in Covington. I've been getting a lot of reports similar to yours, Sherman, and it's always good news when those specs get active in Lake Pontchartrain. But as you mentioned, it does not take long. The word spreads quickly, and there are an awful lot of boats that show up, and sometimes that can uh, be a little bit problematic. But just, you know, be courteous. Maintain your distance. Uh, Don't cut people off and run through their their fishing lines and stuff like that, and everybody can enjoy it. Uh, Hopefully we'll get some more better reports. We're going to talk to Mike Gallo. I'm sure he'll have some information and more updates on that area. But right now it's time for a break. We're back with more of your text messages and some more of that information you need on your Saturday morning journey to the great outdoors. We're back right after this. All right, I got a text message in from a Baton Rouge listener. It says, bycatch is horrible and allowed by no other state. Please mention that spec fisher women support curbing fishery damage by pogey boats. By pogey boats. There, I mentioned it. Okay. Here's one from Nan and Weave looking for an update on the opening of the St. Tammany Fishing Pier. Thanks. I would go to their website. Uh, they were supposed to make an announcement on the opening of it. I'll check into that uh, doing one of the breaks and see if I can find that for you. All right, uh, we're going to have Dave Cresson coming up after the top of the hour to talk about bycatch and pokey boats and how the bill, uh, House Bill 535 is being received in the Louisiana legislature. Another issue we've been talking about is the increase in license fees uh, for Louisiana to hunt and fish. It's been a long time since they've had an increase. Um, we had a representative from the department come on and kind of give us an outline. Um, you know, the cost of, a, as I mentioned to him, the cost of a fishing and hunting license is, is small compared to uh, the expenditures if you're going to buy a boat, motor trailer, all the gear to hunt and fish. The price of a license is very small. But uh, the point is that people want to see something in return for their money. And if they can convince the public that the money will be used properly, it won't be diverted to other agencies, which has been done in the past, even though the Conservation Fund is constitutionally protected, there's ways they get around it. And if they can promise people that the money will be used for the purpose it's sought after, I think people will get behind and support it. We're going to get the Wildlife and Fisheries Department back on in the coming weeks before the legislature ends and give us an update on on how that's going. Uh, Something else I wanted to mention, this is very important. If you Uh, hunt on any of these wildlife refuges. These are national wildlife refuges as opposed to state management areas. Uh, Bayou Sauvage in New Orleans area, Bayou Teche, Big Branch Marsh, Bogachitta, Cat Island, Delta, and Mandalay. Those are all national wildlife refuges which allow hunting, and they're looking right now for public comment on some changes they'd like to make in these areas. Uh, Most of the changes I looked at are good for hunters. It's to increase opportunities there, and they're asking for input. Uh, the managers of these properties have to have some input from the users in order to justify uh, extending the opportunities for hunting. So if you hunt on any of those areas, I strongly urge you to put your comments in. Uh, take a look at, at what they're planning. You can go to uh, Southeast Louisiana Refuges. Uh, that's a website, and you can see where those areas are located, what they're proposing too. And then if you agree with those and you like the idea of it and you want to have your comments heard, there's several ways you can do that. Uh, you can email it, and the email is on their website. Uh, you can mail it to the headquarters, which is on Highway 434 in Lacombe, right there on the bayou. Uh, they also accept faxes, and if you want any of those numbers, uh, just 
uh, shoot me a text and I'll give them to you. Or you can find them on that website. If you want to call the refuge for information, they have a number that's open to the public, 985-882-2000. And again, this is for... Uh, plans to expand hunting opportunities, maybe hunt some species, extend some dates, use different uh, weaponry that is not being allowed at present. It's a good thing if you're a hunter, and I strongly urge you to do that. All right, here's uh, another text coming in. Enjoying the show with deer sausage, fresh eggs, and mayhaw jelly. That's from Cousin Faye and Big Mike in Bayou Liberty. I guess those that breakfast is from Cousin Faye. And Big Mike in Bayou Liberty is the recipient. Well, that sounds good. That's a, that's a healthy, hearty breakfast there. All right, Justin's in the Gentilly Wildlife Refuge. He's watching Bayou Wild TV, uh, which this week is about speckle belly goose hunting. He remembers goose hunting with his Uncle John in the rice fields of Lake Arthur. He was a master goose caller. Well, we hunted with a master goose caller named Roland Cortez, who you're going to hear from later in the next hour. Uh, we have put together... One of our Cajun invasions where we're going to invite the listeners. We've got a special pricing and deal. And they have a special early season speckle belly goose season in Arkansas. It's right around Halloween. And we made the trip up there last year, this last season. And it was so much fun. It's excellent uh, limits. Uh, it's two per person. They're big geese. They're hard to call. They're beautiful birds. And it's an exciting hunt. <clears throat> Take a look at this week's episode, and if you think you're interested in making the trip with us, uh, we've got a, a flyer out, and we, Roland's going to give out all the details. We have 17 openings, as always have, and I believe some of those may have been booked in the last few days. So don't wait too late to the last minute. Book early, and uh, we'll have all the details, and I'll guarantee it's going to be a, a fun trip. Uh, Martha Spence, it was her first time speckle belly goose hunting, and I tell you, she loves not just hunting them, but she's become uh, quite a cook, and she does a great job on cooking speckle bellies. In fact, if you're looking for a good speckle belly goose recipe, and you could probably use snow geese, although they're not as good, at the end of this week's Bayou Wild TV episode, uh, she and John Foltz and Sharon LeCock do a, a great dish of speckle belly goose breast with orange marmalade. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be on the quality control panel that that's, that morning. And a uh, really great, great dish, and uh, it's a great species. All right, here's another text from my friends at the Dixie Ranch Wildlife Club. Spending time with the grandson, no better time. He loves the outdoors and not the Internet. Well, <laughs> you know, the Internet is good, bad. I think you have to keep it in perspective, but certainly it shouldn't dominate young people's lives, and I see that happening so often. But it's not going away. It's here to stay, but it's up to us old-timers to make sure that the new-timers get exposed to the real thing, getting out there and getting a little mud between your toes, getting a little dirty, uh, getting a little blood on your hands when you're cleaning game and fish, and enjoying uh, the reality of planet Earth. All right, we come back after this. Daryl Carpenter joins us. We're going to get a Grand Isle report. Grand Isle is one of those areas that turns on first for the speckled trout. Uh, they should be in some getting close to prime time. We'll find out what's happening right after this. And we get our Grand Isle fishing information from Captain Daryl Carpenter, realscreamers.com. Daryl, how's the fishing in Grand Isle? Those specs turning on better now? Don, this was just a week to, to end all weeks. I mean, we, we finally got a string of two or three days of good weather. Uh, you know, calmed down. Uh, the water cleaned up. 
you got to search for it sometimes, but there's water, clean water everywhere. And my God, I mean, you could tell those pets were hungry. I mean, we, it's been unusual not to catch limits of fish this week. Um, and the good thing is right now they've been, they've been scattered everywhere. I mean, we hit them, we hit them on the oyster reefs on the inside. We hit them on the Island points. Uh, and then yesterday it calmed down enough. We even spent a little time on the beach and there's some fine looking fish on that beach. Um, most of it's been live shrimp. Now the, the shrimp has been, you know, they've been running a little small. The, our whites look like they've left and, you know, the brown shrimp are coming out there. They're small. Uh, saw a couple of flocks of birds earlier this week. Didn't fool with them. Uh, there was too many gas top catfish around. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't going to leave what I was on. Um, uh, plastic, what, two days this week, we left with 100 live shrimp, came back with 98 still in the live well because they just – I mean, you just didn't need it. I mean, you, we start off throwing plastic, and they're just eating like crazy. Um, I've been doing a lot on that Matrix Shad. We've been, let's see, the two hot colors have been their Magneto and their uh, Holly Jolly. It's been with the, and the fish are spitting up fish. So they haven't gone real hard on the shrimp yet. Uh, but it's just been, I mean, Don, the fish are everywhere. I mean, uh, I had people yesterday call me and said, look, don't give me spots, but but tell me what's going on. I just said, look, just find clean water and go. And sure enough, five hours later, they're posting pictures of limits on the Internet. Um, so, I mean, the fish are there and ready to be found. All we've got to do, I think we're going to have a blow, what, till Wednesday? And then it might start calming down a little bit. But, man, if you, we can get a string of good weather in here, it's just ballistic. That's really good news, Daryl. Uh, what size are the specs running? Don, we had, we didn't really have some of those fish on the beach. Might have been some two, three pounders, but a consistent average has been anywhere from eighteen to twenty inch fish. Um, been really nice fish, and, and I mean everything we're catching is full of eggs. So, you know, we obviously got a really good spawn going on right now, which is which is something encouraging to hear. But, no, we are not having the problems we saw a couple of years ago with all those, you know, 12, 13-inch fish. For right now, and I know it's early in the season, they haven't had a lot of pressure on them, and, you know, the weather's kept a lot of people off of them. But for right now, it looks like majority 18, 20-inch fish. That's some good-sized fish there, especially when you're putting a stack of them in an ice chest. Uh, redfish, we haven't talked about redfish, but, you know, they're, they're pretty much a constant down there in Grand Isle area. Yeah, you know, we hadn't talked about redfish because everybody's been waiting on these specs, and when you get a chance to go, you can go. Uh, our, you know, our redfish haven't been as easy to find as, as what we're accustomed to. But there were, you know, there was one trip earlier this week that we went, and there was a lot of larger bull reds, or, or say, you know, right at bulls, that 27, 28-inch fish. Not a whole lot of marsh fish, but they're here. They're close to the coast. You don't have to go. You don't have to go way up into Mars right now. There's a lot of reds right here, close to the coast. So, you know, like I said, it's it's really hard to talk about the poor old begrudging redfish whenever whenever the specs are hitting so hard. You know, Daryl, there's some talk about some uh, construction going on at the end of the island down there at the uh, marina. What's happening down there? Well, the the old Sand Dollar Marina sold. Uh, they lifted it up. The new owners. While, while it was in transition, they decided to shut it down and lift it up. That thing's now probably 18 feet in the air. It's, it's, it's really looking good. It was a massive construction project. Um, I talked to the new owners yesterday, 
and that now they're having they're having the typical contractor issues when it comes to the to the internal contractors for to doing the interior of the building and stuff. They're telling me they're hoping by Labor Day they're going to be open, uh, or I'm sorry, not Labor Day, Memorial Day. Um, so they're looking at a mid-May, late-May opening, and it's just it's just getting the interior and all of the building finished and finishing up with permits. Uh, understand there's some permit issues with Town Hall here, and, you know, typical government getting in the way kind of stuff. But you know, uh, they're, like I said, they're hoping mid-May. But for right now. Uh... It's not an operation you couldn't launch there, buy bait or anything, right? No, no, no. They have left the launch open. You can launch the motel okay. is open. Okay. So they're, they're, they're renting rooms. Uh, last I saw, they were putting their new bait tanks and stuff in place. They they gutted the old, the old bait system, and they're putting in all new bait tanks. So right now, bait is a little bit of, a, of an issue on the island. Um, you know, coastal, bridgeside, uh, we've got some, had several people come by here this morning to get some. Um, it's, you know, you, you expect long lines for your bait, but the good thing is, like I said, you hadn't needed it. I mean, if you're, if you've got any experience fishing plastics whatsoever, the, the trout have just been tearing it up. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about pogies in the next hour, but right now, can you cast net and catch some of those pogies? Those trout love them when you can get them. Haven't seen a whole lot, Don. Uh, the pogies, from what I'm being told, the pogies are still way up north in the marsh. You know those big schools of pogies. You know, they're they're way up there. We're talking about the size pogie we're looking for, the inch and a half, two inch long pogie for this for trout fishing and stuff. Um, just haven't seen the big schools. There's no pelicans diving. They just maybe it's because the weather's been so rough. It, you know you can't see them on the surface, but just haven't seen a whole lot of pogies yet. Got it. Carol, thanks for the report. Somebody wants to get a hold of you and book a trip, tell them how to get you. Well, they can find me on your website at dontheoutdoorsguy.com, realscreamers.com, or just pick up the phone, 225-937-6288. All right, my friend, have a good weekend. We'll see you next time. You too, Don. Have a good day. All right, still to come, we got fishing reports from Ryan Lambert, Captain Mike Gallo, Brendan Bayard. Tell you about our bad boy and girl of the outdoors. They took their wolf for a walk and got busted. <laughs> also, a lot more to tell you about. It's all coming up in hour number two, right after this top of the hour break on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And welcome into hour number two. We start this hour off with a conversation with the executive director of Louisiana Coastal Conservation Association, David Cresson. David, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Do we have David? Yes. All right. Oh, there he is. We found you. (laughs) Hey, Don. How you doing? Doing good. David, uh, we talked at length about the uh, issue of, you know, establishing some zones uh, away from the coast, kind of creating a buffer with the Louisiana coast for fishing to protect uh, other species from bycatch and also damage to our, our coastal uh, coastline. Uh, how has the bill been received so far in the legislature? What can you update us on? Yeah, well, we've obviously been talking about it with legislators around the uh, around the capital, and we feel like that there's a good good reception for it so far. Uh, there's a lot of education that needs to happen, and so one thing you realize is that not everybody at the capital, not everybody at the coast, knows what a menhaden is. Uh, more people know what a pogie is, and so we uh, 
we do have some education to do. I, I believe it will be heard uh, not this coming week, but the following. I think it's going to be heard on May 12th in the House Natural Resources Committee. Uh, we have met with members of that committee, and uh, we feel like it's got a, a good opportunity to to move favorably through that committee and then be heard by the entire House. But uh, I can tell you it's it's far from a done deal. Um, we're going to need all of your listeners that care about this to reach out to their to their respective legislators and let them know that this is important to them. This would create a half a mile buffer uh, in which industrial reduction harvest fishing for pogies for Menhaden would be restricted. Louisiana is the only state in the Gulf Coast that has no buffer zones for, for pogie fishing. We're one of only three states in the country that allows this kind of fishing at all. Uh, they've taken about a billion pounds of, of pogies from uh, the very near shore waters off Louisiana's coast. And uh, whereas we are not trying to put these guys out of business, we're not trying to cost anybody their jobs, we certainly feel like our coast deserves some basic protection from this very industrialized type of fishing. These are big boats, big nets in, uh, you know, that, that draft a lot of water. And uh, frankly, we think they're getting a little too close to the shoreline. They're, they're, they're in some areas that are very sensitive when it comes to the life processes, speckled trout, redfish, shrimp, croakers, mullet, uh, all of those things, you know, pelicans, uh, sea mammals, uh, et cetera, all depend on that very shallow surf zone uh, for a lot of their life processes. And when you have this kind of uh, intrusive sort of harvest that happens there, um, it, it certainly creates some issues. And so we'd like to see this buffer zone be implemented uh, as well as, as other management tools that, that can help us to uh, bring some accountability to this fishery. So, David, how do you suggest that listeners and members of your organization who support the bill, uh, how do they approach their legislator? A lot of the legislators don't know what a Menhaden is. So in order yeah. to, to familiarize them with them, what do you suggest they do? A letter, phone call, both? Yeah, I would tell you right now you can go to ccalouisiana.com under our conservation tab on our website. So go to ccalouisiana.com, look under the conservation tab. You'll see a section uh, called uh, Protect Our Surf Zone, and that will have all the information you need. It'll have a way for you to, to sign up and get information. This week, CCA will put something out uh, to all of our members and to, on social media uh, that will provide, with you, provide for you a link uh, that will link you directly to your legislator, and you can use that link to, to send your own message uh, we'll uh, we'll provide some of the the basic points that we think are important that you can use in your message, uh, but really, uh, if you know your legislator, if you can reach out to them, let them know this is important, uh, and we, it's a conservation measure that's long overdue. Um, a simple message: these these legislators don't need four pages worth of uh, worth of details. They need a simple message saying that this is important, and that we as as coastal citizens and as anglers and sportsmen uh, would like for them to support House Bill 535 by Representative Joe Ogeron. Really simple, and uh, there'll be plenty of information coming from CCA over the next uh, couple of days. You guys make it easy. Thanks, David, and we'll be continuing to get updates from you throughout the session. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me, Don.
All right, David Cresson, Executive Director, of CCA. By the way, get your star ticket. Uh, you just got a couple more days to do it and get in for that early bird drawing for a boat, motor, and trailer. Just for signing up, I believe is how it works. All right, you can find out more on their website. Coming back after this, Captain Mike Gallo joins us. He's got a fishing report, and I think it's going to be a good one. Right after this time out on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And the Born on the Bayou Report with Captain Mike Gallo is sponsored by CETO for $179 a year. Your membership gets you unlimited fuel drops, 24-7 tow-ins, jump starts if you got electrical problems, whatever it takes to get you back safely. CETO is like AAA on the water. Peace of mind for you and your loved ones is just one phone call away to Captain Chris at 504-301-4545 or click to the big yellow website that says CTO.com. Captain Mike Gallo joins us now. Mike, let's start with the biggest news, and that is Lake Pontchartrain has had a lot of speckled trout pulled from it during this last week. Tell us more details. Well, that is correct, Don. Every day last week we caught speckled trout in Lake Pontchartrain. I have good news. The good news is they bite plastic. They really like the plastic. They're biting the plastic well. The bad news is there's no live shrimp this weekend, but it really doesn't matter that much. I had live shrimp yesterday, and the the plastic outdid the live shrimp. I had four boats go out yesterday, and that seemed to be a similar story um, across all three other boats. So that's good news. Bad news. A little bit of breeze today, you're going to be somewhat restricted into how much of the bridge you're actually going to be able to fish. But there are other areas in the lake that are holding fish. The bridges just get most of the people's attention. Um, All along that eastern shoreline where those old camps were, a lot of those old camps threw oyster shells out off the end of the camp, and there's like a little reef by the end of them, so you can... Go through those areas and find some areas that are holding fish in protected water. Now, anywhere from the chef all the way up to the wrigglies, there's going to be a lot of areas where you're going to be able to hide from the wind and, and still get in on some decent fishing. Mike, there's three bridges, I-10, Highway 11, and also the train trestle bridge. Which of those has been the most productive, or have they been on all three? I've caught, I caught them on all three yesterday as a matter of fact, but the train bridge, and I get this question often from my customers, why are more people at that bridge than the other bridge? And I just think the legs of the bridge is closer together, and it gives people a visual target to cast at. But those fish are on all three of the bridges. Uh, You just got to figure out where you want to be set up. We usually drift or troll until we catch a couple and then hold out in that area. And if we can catch quite a few we'll just stay there it does seem like the fish have been in little schools you might catch three or four and you might go 10 or 15 minutes without a bite and then catch two or three and then that just seems to be your pattern uh throughout the week we've been averaging anywhere from 25 to 35 fish per boat and they're decent size anywhere from 12 inches to 19 inches some nice trout Mike, uh, when I looked at the wind and, and the tide, I, I thought about you. 2.0 average tide range, about a 15-knot east wind. There's going to be a lot of water moving in and out of the marshes. If you were fishing marshes today, how would you deal with it? 
Well, I am fishing marshes today. The group we had came in yesterday. They stayed in the lodge. They fished at the bridges yesterday. So they got their share of catching speckled trout, a few flounder. We have been seeing more flounder than in recent years. And today they're going to try their hand at redfish. So we're going to make our way across Lake Bourne, slow and steady. And we'll get over that way. Wind's been blowing out of the northeast. So we'll stay away from the eastern shorelines. They may be dirty. But as that water rises, we'll just get deeper and deeper into the grass. I sort of have a rule that I constantly think redfish prefer to be in 10 inches of water. So as the water rises, I just simply move further and further in to where I can continually fish in about that much water. Being it's windy, we're going to go with popping corks, dead shrimp under a popping cork, and I'm looking for a good day of catching redfish. There you go. There's Mike Gallo's plan. You might want to make it yours, too. Mike, uh, what a great trip those guys are having. Speckled trout yesterday, redfish today. Doesn't get any better than that. Uh, if someone wants to put one of those trips together, they can find you on my website, also yours at aaofla.com. Give them the telephone number if they want to give you a call. Sounds good, Don. The telephone number is 985-781-7811. Go get them, Michael. We'll talk to you next week, buddy. Thank you, Don. We'll talk to you then. All right. Mike Gallo with his report on the eastern part of the state. Coming up next, if you like to go paddling for your fish, Brendan Bayard's got some suggestions. He's with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club, and their report is next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And the paddler slash stroker report with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club is a Massey's Outfitter presentation. You're going to find them in Mid-City, New Orleans. Got a store in Baton Rouge and one in Covington. They've got the best kayak fishing models from brands like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, Native Watercraft. You'll see their products on the website. That's at MasseyOutfitters.com. They also do those demo days uh, the first weekend in the month. You can check them out on Facebook. However, there's no demo day today, uh, limited on staff, so you'll catch them uh, next time on Bayou St. John. Giving us the live report is Brendan Bayard. And, Brendan, we had a rough week the week before last, but, uh, boy, it really bounced back strong this week. Was it that way for paddlers? Yes, sir, Don. I was uh, just thinking that exact same sentiment. Uh, went went out last weekend, and uh, it was it was quite terrible. I was I was doing some bass fishing, and we had some flooded kind of conditions. I was I was kind of up two feet higher on the bank than I usually was in these lakes that I like to fish. So I was uh, it was a little challenging, but uh, caught a few bass, and uh, but thankfully conditions are back to normal. Lots of people are catching some uh, some nice fish. Uh, the backside of Grand Isle is is getting a lot better. There's uh, lots of trout being caught back there. If you want to. Just go back there and launch over there at the uh, Danny Kristen uh, Ray launch there, right there off of Ludwig, and uh, fish some of those islands and uh, and shell reefs and and stuff back there. Uh, you can catch trout with a uh, you know pop and cork with a little voodoo under there, pretty much all day long right now. Um, the island front should be heating up, uh, depending on you know uh, if the wind conditions are right for the surf. And then uh, Golden Meadow and uh, Basins or Gators, which it is now, is uh, is doing pretty well with the redfish up there after the uh, pumps have been shut off from all that rain a couple of weeks ago. But it's uh, it's it's right now, and, and people are catching a lot of fish out there. 
Brendan Bayou Coast uh, Kayak Club has got its third championship tournament coming up for bass and redfish. It's in St. Bernard Parish. Give us some more details for anyone wanting to sign up. Yeah, that's going to be uh, the Where You At tournament. That's uh, going to be – actually, I just found out you can fish also in East Plaquemines Parish as well. It's going to be your two biggest bass and your two biggest reds, your two biggest slot reds. Uh, that's going to be a live way and more details on the BayouCoast.com website. And uh, also, I wanted to mention Out West is heating up as well. Um, I got a great report from uh, West Cove. So if you want to get out, if you're looking to get out on the west side of the state, uh, lots, of be- lots of fish being caught out there. Uh, I got a great report from Crab Lady from uh, some redfish and flounder over there and then some trout over there in West Coast. Yeah, I saw a huge trout that was pulled out of there by Hackberry Rod and Gun. This is the time of the year for those big sows up there. If you're looking for a big trophy trout, probably no better time to fish out west than now. No doubt about it. I think uh, I think May is one of uh, the big trout fishers' uh, perfect time of year to go out there. Brendan, you fishing the uh, where yet? Uh, yeah, I'll be out there next weekend. Uh, I got a little complaint. These guys are uh, making me uh, fish on uh, Mother's Day weekend, but uh, the wife gave me the go-ahead, so <laughs> we'll oh, make it special for on Sunday. Yeah, well, what did your mother say, though? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Two bass and two reds. I love the format, and uh, good luck to you and all the guys, and I'm sure Eric will have some results for us next week. All right. Thanks, Don. Take care. Okay, Brendan, see you. Brendan Bayard, one of our two field reporters. All right, coming back, uh, let me get to some other stuff here. I had a couple of uh, answers to some of the text questions. We had uh, Nan and Weave wanted to know about the St. Tammany Fishing Pier. I have a source that tells me it will be open in June. They had been planning to open it after the reconstruction and the new construction sometime in April or this month in May. It looks like there's been some delays, but I have a reliable source telling me that it will open in June. And you get out there and fish on the pier. Also, we got Mark. Uh, he's going to go do some sockele fishing. Uh, we got the, the mad trucker checking in. And I got a text. This one's in from Mike in Myrtle Grove. He says, why won't the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Enforcement enforce the state law prohibiting bow fishermen with big air boats and mud boats from going on private property? Uh, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, when called, said that trespassing is a parish issue. They're wiping out the ponds out of reds, sheephead, etc. We don't have a problem with pole fishermen, but this is a big problem. Well, Mike, uh, they're correct. Uh, simple trespassing is enforced by parish authorities. The enforcement agents only get involved when wildlife and fishery law violations are involved. But my thinking on the bow fishing, and of course going on private property, that's another whole issue. But where it is allowed to do it, I don't see it as a big problem. If you look at the numbers and do a little research, you'll see that the numbers of redfish, sheephead, and all other species caught by boaters as opposed to bow fishermen, those fishing with hook and line, is way, way far greater than the fish that are taken with a bow and arrow. It may seem like it's easy to do and they, they just slaughter the fish and wipe them out. I don't believe it's that way. If you can find some research or they come up with some that shows otherwise, then I would be in favor of either cutting their limits or reducing and giving them seasons. 
But perhaps you're, the, the problem that you don't have with pole fishermen, if there is an overfishing problem, that's where the problem lies, would be too many rods and reels. The amount of bow fishermen compared to rod and reel fish that are caught is minuscule. Trust me, that's my opinion. And, uh, you know, I'm, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries shares that also. All right, we come back after this. It's bad. Speaking of enforcement division, bad boys of the outdoors. we got a bad boy and a bad girl. Seems they took their pet gray wolf for a walk. It didn't end up well for them. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And we've been talking about pogies, pogie boats, uh, fishing with pogies or menhaden as bait. And this one says, here's a tip when using live pogies for bait. Put the live pogies in a round container, well aerated. They live much longer alive than putting them in a square or triangular container. That's absolutely true. I've seen that myself. Uh, For some reason, that round, they kind of bump against it with their their mouths and doesn't seem to uh, jam them up or damage them like the square or rectangular containers. Good tip. Thanks for sharing that with us. If you've got a text for us, we'd like you to shoot it to us at 504-260-1870. We got one here that says, Can you touch on honeybees? Their status, encouraging their status in our environment. Honeybees are very important to the environment. Uh, now the the uh, government offers some tax benefits for those who uh, keep honeybees and you know have the hives. There's a lot of people get into it. Uh, I don't know a lot about it, but it doesn't require a whole lot. And one thing I do know about honey, it's a it's a great product. Uh, pretty much lasts forever. It's uh, very healthy to consume. And, you know, the thing about honey, you can get honey from all different areas. And each area, depending on where it is and what kind of uh, flowers the pollen is coming from, has a different taste to it. You can actually taste the different flavors of honey. And uh, I got a couple of my favorites. One of them is called Honey Bee. And uh, I'll tell you more about that on another show. Right now, though, we're going to take a quick 10-second station identification pause and come back and tell you about uh, why you shouldn't keep a a gray wolf as a pet. It's not a good idea. (laughs) A Lafayette couple found that out the hard way. Their story's next, right after we let our local stations identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. On April 16th, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries agents got a complaint of a large wolf-like animal being walked in front of an elementary school in the city of Lafayette. The complainant also stated he was worried about safety of the school children and that this particular animal had attacked a neighborhood resident. Their investigation found Andrew Hill and Jill Kramer to be in possession of what appeared to be a gray wolf. The agents obtained a search and seizure warrant for the animal in order to have its DNA analyzed. And the testing did confirm the animal indeed was a gray wolf, a.k.a. Canis lupus, which, by the way, is illegal to possess in Louisiana. For possession of a gray wolf, even if you consider it your pet, could bring, if convicted, a maximum fine of $350 and up to 60 days in jail for 47-year-old Andrew P. Hill and Jill M. Kramer, both of Lafayette, Louisiana, our bad boy and girl of the outdoors. (laughs) 
Yeah, gray wolf is a pet, and a lot of other exotics are they considered. You really have to have a special permit to have them. And anyway, don't go walking your gray wolf if you've got one. All right, if you uh, enjoy watching Bayou Wild TV, uh, and you can come talk hunting and fishing with our crew at Authentic Cajun Cuisine. It's called Etouffee. It's a restaurant opened up on Highway 190 in Covington. Myself and Martha and Chris Lecoq there, we come do some filming for our shows and for our social media and have a great lunch and invite you to come have lunch with us. It's on Highway 190 in Covington, Etouffee, as in shrimp or crawfish etouffee. It's authentic Cajun cuisine. Come uh, visit with us. This coming month, we're going to be there on Monday, May 10th and Monday the 24th. So put those two dates down, come by and say hello. If you haven't watched this week's episode, it's episode 111. Can you believe that? Boy, 111 episodes in the can already. Uh, we went on a goose hunting trip, speckle belly goose, special early season in Stuttgart, Arkansas with professional guide Roland Cortez. Uh, we captured the footage, got the story. I think you'll enjoy it. And if you go to our Bayou Wild TV website, you can find details about this year's hunt that we'll be doing as a Cajun invasion. We'll be inviting you to go. In fact, we're going to be talking to Roland Cortez coming up in just a few minutes and getting the whole lowdown on speckle belly goose hunting and how you can get involved and get in on it. Some people call them ribeye in the sky. Some people refer to the uh, the sandhill crane as that, but... I don't know. I think that it's hard to beat a good speckle belly goose, and I got a recipe. It's on my website if you need one. Also, in this week's episode, John Foltz and Martha and Sharon Lecoq do a great dish called speckle belly goose with orange marmalade. Delicious. All right, we come back after this. It's time for the Plastic Man. You know him as Ryan Lambert, Cajun Fishing Adventures down in Plaquemines Parish. His report is next, right after and this recent shortage of shrimp has uh, caused a lot of people to become plastic men, but they've been catching them on it. Ryan uh, got a really good break this week, had a big full moon, uh, temperatures warmed up, winds laid down a little bit. I was fishing down there. It's pretty good, buddy. I, I see my little brother yesterday coming over the levee at 9 o'clock, 9.30. I said, what's wrong with your boat? Nothing. I don't have any more bait. <laughs> I said, good grief. He said, yeah, we caught our limit. We caught the release and caught and release, and we run out of bait. I said, okay. <laughs> and Todd calls. He says, I said, man, I, y'all keep them guys out there. When we try, and he calls me at 1030. We're done. We just, they won't stay no longer. I said, golly, we don't like fishing no more, I guess. But uh, it's been good, and um, we finally got a break from that weather and caught some trout yesterday, too. You know, if if you find some secluded water where you don't have the wind, you know, up where there's still some marsh like Delacroix and all up in there, there's a lot of trout there that you can get to. So if we make that run, we could get to those. And Cody ran up there yesterday and caught them. And uh, you run towards Grand Isle. You get some there, but right there in Buras is very hard because there's, there's just no land left, so everything's wide open. So I went and caught some in there yesterday, but it's not what I wanted. But the redfish have been so good. I mean, goodness gracious. So it's, it's coming. The rivers are falling, and the fish are biting like crazy. It's been a great week. Man, we're very busy. Yeah, so it's, it's a good time to be good. <laughs> a lot of activity there at the lodge. Yeah, we're running eight, ten boats a day, and uh, we're going as hard as we can. I'm tired. 
uh... Ryan, I, I had a texter earlier and asked a very logical question. And I was talking about Amberjack season just opened up this morning. It's going to be open for a month, and it'll close just about the time. I think you got two or three days when Red Snapper and Amberjack are both open. They said, boy, it's a long trip uh, for one fish per person. But there are some rigs, and you know the ones I'm talking about, that are accessible given the right conditions for bay boats to get out there and catch both Amberjack and Red Snapper. Do your guys do that, or is it just an opportunistic thing when you're on the west side and weather conditions are right, you make a run to those places and catch some of those big offshore fish? Yeah, it's just opportunistic. It's um, We'll do it sometime. I did it uh, when they opened that season for Labor Day. Those last three days, I went my, my, my little 23-foot bay boat, and we had a ball. We caught limits of snappers. We caught tunas. We, it was crazy. You know, and all on jigging spoons. Yeah, I mean, I had a ball, and I don't usually do that. But when it's close like that and you get opportunity to go, you know, it's fun to ride out there. And this year I'm going to I'm gonna target the triple tail a lot more and the mangrove snappers a lot more this summer. I'm going to I'm gonna stretch out a little bit. I'm going to do something a little different this year. And, and it's good for the customers. You know, we got customers that just want to do those kind of things. So, you know, whatever they want. If we get a good day, we can slide out there. If it's nasty, we can stay inside this bed and specs. I mean, we have an opportunity here. There's so many things to do. You can't do them all. You want to fish cobia, you know, especially getting out there August, September, October. You want to fish cobia. You want to fish triple tail. You want to fish the snappers and the mangroves. We don't even get a chance to do it ourselves because we use specs and reds and we got giant freshwater catfish here that people anywhere in the country would die to catch. And we just can't do it all. It's, you know, when it says sports and paradise, we don't even take advantage of all of it because there's so much here you can't. I mean, you have to choose the species and go after that species for the day. And, I, you know, my boys are as good as they come. They catch anything. So if somebody wants something in particular, you know, they ask me, okay, we'll do it. And we just go go after it. So, just you know, as the river comes down, it's just going to get better and better. And the pogies and all the, the bait will start pouring closer and the bull reds will start coming. And, you know, it's it's going to be a great summer. I just feel it's going to be good because let that river get to seven foot and it'll be awesome. You know, uh, they say you can catch everything down there from brim to blue marlin. That's pretty much true. You know, and I've caught stripers and hybrid stripers and bass and reds and catfish. The only thing I think I have not caught down there was a sockelet. Are there sockelet down in the river that far down? Yeah, they are. I I remember on November 18th, one, one year, the river was, was starting to come up, and it was at about five feet. And I caught them in the river, and I mean, I loaded my ice chest with them. And no one down there fishes them. There's also in these canals down there, there's some too. And I always want to get after the brim because there's some um, some lake runners in there. But what they have a lot of these, these little chinka pin brim that are, you know, they're beautiful, but they don't get big. And they, you go through a million worms a day if you get in them. Are <laughs> <laughs> you trying to bath? Yeah. They'll be eating you alive. They're so aggressive, they'll be hanging yeah. on to your worm as you pull it in the boat. Yeah, there's a couple of canals uh, in the old, what was the name of the old management area that was on that east side there? Um, Delta Duck. Uh, no, no, it was a uh, state wildlife That's management. Delta, Bohemia. Delta Duck. Bohemia. 
yeah. Well, it used to be called Bohemia. There's a couple of canals that run up to the river there. That boy, they were just loaded with those big lake runners. Had a lot of fun catching them in there. They're still there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> they're still there. They're there for the taking. Yeah, they're good fighting fish, and it's fun. And no one fishes all that. Like, again, again no, we cannot no. fish everything. You, you, you know, at the lodge, we're so busy, you know, doing what we're doing. Everybody wants to come and fish the specks and the reds. But, you know, sometimes the boys, if it's blowing, they say, well, let's go catch some bass. What? Bass? They got bass here? Yeah, and, and then <laughs> we don't fish a, a little bait, so we catch the brim simultaneously. Sometimes I like to go do that kind of stuff, you know? You know yeah. You just, just How's the blackberry back uh, there? How's the blackberry crop this year? Well. It, it didn't. I thought Not it was too wonderful. In, in all that rain, they, there's blackberries, but they don't have these giant places where you can just go pick a few gallons. You know, that I think all that rain hurt them somehow. You know, we had so much rain. We had 20 inches of rain in, in a week. So... Uh, somehow it hurt them. There's not a bunch, but I hadn't had a chance for that yet either. I think this evening I might go pick a few gallons, just you know, going from patch to patch. Yeah, too much of a good thing, I guess. Well, Ryan, if somebody yeah. wants to get a hold of you and get in on all this different type of fishing you got there, uh, CajunFishingAdventures.com, got you on my website. Give them the phone number. Yeah, they can call me direct on my cell phone at 504 504- Five five nine five one one one, and just pick your species. We'll be more than happy to bring you on them. <laughs> yeah, you got me at blackberry cobbler. I think you got me there. I'm going to do that today, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk next week. Thank you, Ryan. I right, see you, brother. All right, Ryan Lambert. Coming up after this, uh, we're going to talk to a professional waterfowl guide, Roland Cortez. And if you're interested in making a special early speckle-belly goose hunt in Arkansas, got info for you. Coming up right after this. As I mentioned earlier, if you saw this week's episode of Bayou Wild TV, you saw us do a speckle-belly goose hunt, a special early season in October. Uh, we did it with uh, Roland Cortez, who joins us now, and we are planning to do it again next week. And if you've got a hankering to hunt some speckle-belly geese, this is a great way to do it. Roland, thanks for, for joining us. And if you would, describe what a, a typical speckle-belly goose hunt, how does it go? Morning, Diane. Oh, uh, a typical early morning, you know, speckle belly. We, we get up 30 minutes before, you know, daylight. And most of the time, we, we kind of pre-set up before, the night before, because we, we scout for the geese daily, make sure we stay on the speckle bellies every day. We kind of hunt new feeds or new fields every day. We just move with the geese, down. Uh, tell us about the, the early season. This is something that Arkansas has chosen to do, and it was a big, big success last year. It was. You know, uh, at one when Arkansas started doing the early spec, it used to only be uh, five days. And then uh, now they, we went to two birds, and they gave us 16 days. Now, we're not quite sure what's going to happen yet um, as far as if we're going to get them, the, the third bird back or we're going to stay at two and 16 days. We don't know yet. Arkansas hasn't set um, the waterfowl season yet, so we'll probably know more later on you know, in the summer. Well, we're going to book this up, and uh, you've, you've got 17 openings. I think we might have even booked a couple of those. For somebody that's interested in it, give us the details on 
It's 450 per day. Uh, they arrive on a Friday. You hunt Saturday. You hunt Sunday morning. And it's a two two hunts that they get in on it. What's the cost of it, and where will it be? Um, now, uh, this year, the uh, <clears throat> Cajun Invasion will be at uh, Duck Down Waterfowl. It'll be at, there at uh, the Taj Mahal Lodge, which is a five-star lodge. You know, there'll be meals and, and, and drinks and, and uh, bird cleaning and stuff like that. The lodge is very beautiful and and uh, we'll be hunting maybe 20, you know, 20 minutes from the from the lodge. Uh, we're going to be a little bit west of Stuttgart, so somebody has to go into Stuttgart to, to go to Max or go to anything. We're not going to be far from it. Uh, most of the speckled belly hunting, sh- we should be done over dry fields. So, But you never know if the geese are hitting the water. We might hunt water, so it, it just kind of depends on what the geese are doing at the time. But uh, the hunt will take place, you know, we're hoping that, uh, we get the 16 days, so it'll be opening weekend, which will be Halloween weekend. So it'll be 450 a gun, which includes lodging and meals and the hunt per day. That's super. Now, you know, people ask me about hunting geese, and they're familiar with, you know, crawling on their belly through muddy rice fields, chasing snow geese. This is nothing like this. This is an easy hunt transportation to and from the blind you do the decoy setup you do the calling and y'all do the bird cleaning all they got to do is be a decent shot right that's it now you know we're going to ride on some uh, utvs out there we got nice a-frame blinds with comfortable seating so yeah i mean this is going to be a a, a perfect hunt you know as far as you know being comfortable and all you got to do is pull the trigger Roland, somebody wants to get in on this or get more information, they can go to the BayouWildTV.com website or give you a call and you can explain to them, you know, licensing requirements. So people have a lot of questions about what kind of gear they need to bring. How do they get a hold of you to book the trip and find out more info? Don, they can call me at 985-414-4997, and I'll be glad to answer any uh, questions and, or information that they need for this hunt. Nine eight five four one four four nine nine seven. It's some of the world's greatest speckle belly goose hunting, and uh, Roland is an excellent caller. So, Roland, thanks again, buddy. I can't wait till October rolls around, and we'll be trick or treating for some speckle bellies. Same here, Don. You have a great day, Don. Thank you, Roland. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Bye bye. All righty. Yes, sir. That's a guy who enjoys his waterfowl hunting, and so do I. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us. Thanks for joining us. Back again next week, two-hour journey to the great outdoors. Same time, same stations. Uh, please tune us in and send us your texts and give us your information. Listen to our reports. And if you need some information, just simply ask, and we'll try to find it for you. See you next week with another edition of The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.